0: I'm not worried about them having their services in and what concerns me is that where they go tomorrow.
1: Tonight, more churchgoers breaking COVID commandments, but will they be forgiven? Plus, the
0: sooner we get COVID under control, then they can go back to their uh, their narcissistic self-indulgent ways.
1: Growing calls for tougher action on those ignoring public health orders and
2: I've had far too many requests to sing Oh Canada, uh, which I don't think anyone would want to hear.
1: Anti mask mix up. What happens when the wrong Mark Donnelly is bombarded on social media?
3: You're watching Global BC.
0: This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening, thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with breaking news. Fraser Health has declared an outbreak at a Fraser Valley mink farm. Eight people at the site have tested positive for COVID-19. All are self-isolating. While the health authority is not naming the company involved, our sources say it's located in Cloverdale. Denmark was recently forced to cull its mink population of up to 17 million animals after a mutation of the coronavirus was found in the animals, which spread to humans. There is no indication at this point that the infection in the Fraser Valley came from the animals. Well, despite warnings and then fines from police last Sunday, a number of Fraser Valley churches have gone ahead with in-person services again today. These church leaders and their supporters say their rights are in their, under the Constitution trump the provincial health order. Julia Foy has more.
4: Jesus Christ is God over Chilliwack.
5: For the second Sunday in a row, Chilliwack faithful arrive at the Free Grace Baptist Church, defying public health orders to stay away.
0: Makes me angry. to think that they're so
5: inconsiderate. Of, of their neighbors, this churchgoer says worshiping God with his brothers and sisters is more important than COVID-19.
3: I'm not particularly worried. I don't come into a contact with a lot of people who are vulnerable.
5: These church supporters say the shutdowns are hurting more people than the virus. It's sad that the people that have passed have passed. But what is happening does not justify it. I want to support
6: the
7: 99.9% of the people that are suffering because of the lockdown.
0: We might gather together.
7: Across town, the Chilliwack
5: Free Reform Church also broke the COVID safety rules and opened its doors to parishioners. Chilliwack RCMP say they're actively investigating some in-person congregational services. They'll also be consulting with the BC Prosecution Service to find out if charges are recommended.
4: So, Lord bless you.
5: In Langley, the Riverside Cavalry awesome. Chapel was back in business after receiving a $2,300 fine on November 29th. An RCMP spokesperson confirms that an investigation is underway into the possible second breach of the provincial health order.
0: For all of those that you love, for all of those that you don't know, now is the time, now is the time to dig in. To follow the instructions, the orders, the guidance that have been put in place.
5: While some see in-person services as a risk they're willing to take. So as
0: long as
3: we're all willing to be there knowing the risk, is that not all right?
5: Others fear for the deaths that may lie ahead.
0: They're putting everybody at risk
5: and it's just getting worse and worse. Julia Foy, Global News.
1: A woman is facing assault charges after a Canada Line mask check escalated into violence yesterday. It happened at Vancouver City Centre Station. Transit police say a woman who refused to wear a mask or leave the train started yelling after being told her TransLink exemption card was no longer valid under the provincial health order. After several warnings, the woman was told she was under arrest for causing a disturbance. Police say she kicked an officer in the groin before he was able to arrest her. And the force's top cop tweeted, So you don't want to wear a mask. That doesn't mean you get to kick the police officer asking you to comply with the health order. Substitute criminal charges instead of a ticket. And in this case, the woman was also handed a fine. Frustration is growing over anti-maskers and their protests that continue amid BC's COVID case count surge. As Kristen Robinson reports, frontline health care workers feel the demonstrators are getting a free ride while everyone else is expected to follow the rules.
7: <laughs> Vancouver's latest anti mask rally welcomed a high profile voice as attendees gathered to protest masks and pandemic restrictions
8: at a time when
7: social gatherings are banned in BC.
8: Everybody is frustrated and fed up. Everybody is from healthcare to the average citizen. People have experienced so much loss this year, and that's not an excuse for a group to be able to gather and break public health orders.
7: Fraser Health nurse Kim Carlson says it smacks of a double standard. I'm expecting all of us to follow rules and giving them sort of an exemption to the rule.
1: Canada. On
7: Saturday, the message appears to have backfired. Canada. While his on-ice misstep six years ago may have been just a stumble, Mark Donnelly's move to headline an anti-masker event fell flat.
1: Go Canucks, go.
7: In what PR experts call an epic play, Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini took to Twitter to fire the team's anthem singer ahead
1: of his new gig. You have the power to influence public behavior, and that's what we need to fight this pandemic. So when you have an extension of your team, a high-profile member of your team, acting counter to your safety message by participating in an anti-mask rally, you have to act decisively and quickly
7: doctors are also fighting the false information being spread here including claims that masks are not effective and even harmful
9: and that is a total myth Uh, we need to debunk that and uh, uh, please believe me when i say that science strongly strongly supports the use of masks
7: while people have a right to peaceful protest bc's top cop says police also have the power to enforce covid rules with fines if things escalate These
0: irresponsible idiots need to look in the mirror. They are the problem. And the sooner we get this curve bent down, the sooner we get COVID under control, then they can go back to their uh, their narcissistic, self-indulgent ways. But until that time, they don't have the right to endanger the health
1: of the public. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Many Christmas events and people are eagerly awaiting Dr. Bonnie Henry's decision on whether or not to extend the public health order prohibiting all social gatherings. Piani Winter Lights is currently on pause. It takes place in mid December, but if the order is extended, it may simply have to close this year. The event is 100% contactless, and participants never get out of their vehicles during the two kilometer route any winter lights had opened extra dates due to demand but any unsold tickets are on hold if the event is unable to proceed all sold tickets will be refunded let's bring in legislative bureau chief keith baldry now keith dr henry and minister dix will hold their usual briefing at three o'clock mm-hmm. tomorrow afternoon what are you expecting
10: Well, all eyes and attention is going to be focused on a key decision by Dr. Bonnie Henry. Does she extend the public health order banning gatherings and and events, which expires tomorrow, or does she uh, extend it to another two weeks or just let it expire? Uh, A couple of encouraging numbers in the last few days to keep in mind. Uh, As of Friday, our positivity rate in BC was at its lowest uh, since November 12th. Our positivity rate in the Fraser Health Authority, where the viruses, the largest number of positive cases exist, also the lowest there on Friday uh, since, uh, again, the same date in mid-November. Our five-day rolling case number, even though it's a big number, uh, the five-day average has been going down for a few days now. And there's been a leveling off of cases in Vancouver Coastal and F- Fraser Valley North and Fraser Valley South. Not Fraser Valley East, which is where Chilliwack is, where, which is where those churches are lo- located. But they've leveled off a little bit. So it's a, I think an in indication the measures are having an, a positive impact, but they're not having enough of an impact, I think, to see Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, just. Let that order expire tomorrow. I widely expect, and so do many others who follow this very closely, that she will extend the order for another two weeks, which would take us to December 21st uh, and get a sense of the numbers then. And then, of course, it would be a call of whether to have that order in place over Christmas, and that still has not been determined. But that's at 3 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be carrying it live at, uh, on BC1, and of course, as usual, I'll be on afterwards to talk about it with you.
1: I will join you then. All right. Thanks so much, Hi. Keith. Alcohol and speed are being looked at as possible causes of a single vehicle crash near Pemberton that's claimed two lives. Police say a vehicle left the road and flipped into a ditch in First Nations community of Mount Curry. Two passengers were killed, a 29-year-old woman and a 27-year-old man. Two other passengers suffered serious but non-life-threatening injuries. The 32-year-old female driver was not seriously injured. All are from the Mount Currie area. The Tribal Police Service says it's investigating whether speed or alcohol were factors. Police are investigating the discovery of a body in Strathcona Park. Police say the body was discovered on the track inside the park. The investigation is in the early stages and a cause of death has not been determined. The B.C. Coroner Service has been called in. A man has been charged in a frightening incident in East Vancouver last month in which a suspect was seen wandering around with a machete. In surveillance video posted to Twitter, the suspect is seen scoping out a home near East 41st Avenue and Rupert Street with a butcher knife. He swats at a garden shrub before grabbing a machete stuck in a tree, using it to push the home's doorbell. Another video records the same suspect at a different doorstep. 49-year-old Randy Frederick Powell has been arrested and charged with possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose and breaching his probation. He remains in custody pending a court appearance Wednesday. A Vancouver senior whose dog went missing nearly five months ago isn't giving up hope of finding her best friend. Bailey was last seen on July 12th on a visit to the Strathcona Community Garden. Over the last few months, there have been dozens of searches and hundreds of posters distributed, but still no sign of the 14-year-old Yorkie Poo. Bailey's 77-year-old owner is renewing calls for help over fears Bailey may have been stolen and sold. A $2,000 reward is being offered, and Ros Bell is hoping someone with information will come forward.
7: It was just her and I, and she was my family, my friend, my confidant, everything, constant company. And, uh, you know, it, it just... I could get through anything when I had her by my side, and, um, you know, she was
1: friendly, outgoing, um, and I think that's why she was easy to pick up staff at a Richmond hotel say the federal government has taken their jobs. 150 employees at Pacific Gateway have been laid off since March. That's when the federal government began using the hotel to quarantine travelers arriving at YVR. But unlike other hotels performing similar pandemic functions, the union says its members were replaced by Red Cross workers under contract by the federal government. This week, the union learned that that contract has been extended until March, a move that takes away it's recall rights.
6: For example, just two kilometers away, there's the Sheraton Vancouver Airport Hotel who have been taking care of quarantined guests and they received additional training that was needed for them to perform those duties. So there is really no, um, you know, other excuse. And we can definitely see that um, hotel workers are equipped to take on these jobs, the duties that the Red Cross is performing right now.
8: Right now, I'm really stressed out, especially for Christmas. I mean, Christmas is my favorite time of year, and this Christmas is looking a lot different. Uh, There's no extra money to do anything. Uh, Basically, you're looking at paying bills, um, food. Christmas isn't really happening for us this year, which is heartbreaking.
1: Global News has reached out to the federal government and the hotel management for comment, but did not get a response by airtime. A West Kelowna couple is anxiously awaiting the birth of their baby due any minute now. That baby has also made them winners of an unusual contest, one launched by a hotel chain last February. Travis Lowe explains why this baby is so special.
3: Little Jackson, and a hug, can't wait to meet his baby sister.
2: She was due on November 30th, but she's stubborn so she's a little bit (laughs) late.
3: That in and of itself not really noteworthy but the conception part of the pregnancy is causing a bit of a media frenzy.
2: She's just relaxing right now (laughs) not kicking just enjoying all her fame.
3: That's because Nicole and her partner Alex say the baby was conceived on Valentine's Day.
2: We had been actually been trying to have a baby for almost two years.
3: When the couple took advantage of the Hotel Zed's infamous Nooner package. The whole thing was apparently Nicole's idea.
2: I was the one that booked it.
3: <laughs> now I'm told that this is where the magic happened. Just imagine it. Well, I guess you'll kind of have to because the sensors, they won't let us show that type of thing. They don't like that. But imagine the right music, maybe some mood lighting. That'll have to do for right now. Nicole says there was chocolate, and champagne, and everything that you want to have in order to make the mood Just right, if you know what I'm saying. That, of course, is the bet. Oh, one note from management. They'd like me to let you know that, of course, at housekeeping, you know, they changed the sheets. For conceiving a nooner baby, Hotel Zed is giving the couple free Valentine's Day stays for the next 18 years, which begs the question, does that mean 18 more kids?
2: No. (laughs) No.
3: Alex, though, happy to keep trying, but says next time, we'll use protection. Travis Lowe, Global News, Kelowna.
1: An update now on a remarkable BC man who made headlines earlier this year. Well, he's done it again. That is Darius Sam. You may recognize the 20-year-old Merit man from our newscast back in June when he raised more than $110,000 for his local food bank by pledging to run 100 miles or 160 kilometers in 24 hours. Well... Sam laced up his running shoes again this weekend to run another epic marathon for another good cause over two days. This time, raising awareness about substance abuse and addiction and raising money for men's counseling services causes all close to his heart. He's already raised more than $5,000 and donations are still pouring in.
9: I feel like I want to break the stigma of unshamed conversation within our community and unshamed conversation within the province and the country. Um, to men to come forward and women and children to come forward um, and feel, bring more sunlight to the topic. And I feel like it's more topical now due to COVID and people are dying out here, obviously, and I'm going to keep them in mind while I run.
8: When we have someone like Darius come to the door and say, how can I help you? It just really touches our hearts and um, shows us how much this community cares about all the people in the community and the services they need.
1: Not a celebration. A fire at a fireworks factory in Russia resulted in a spectacular scene. The Russian Ministry of Emergency Situations, yes, there is such a thing, says the incident took place this morning and that the fire burned through 4,000 square meters of property. More than 400 firefighters were called in to tackle the blaze. Early reports suggest the fire may have been caused by a faulty electric heater. Damage is said to be significant. Thirty-one years ago today, one of the worst mass killings in Canadian history took place. Fourteen women were killed and more than a dozen others injured at Montreal's École Polytechnique. Now, more than three decades later, it's not just the pandemic that makes this anniversary different. Global's Benson Cook reports.
11: Commemorations of the Polytechnique shooting have become a hallmark of early December in Canada over three decades. In Montreal, gathering atop Mount Royal for the customary shining of lights into the sky, one for each victim, is a grim and somber tradition. But like everything else in 2020, this year that tradition has taken on a new shape. Something those who were there that night are deeply grateful for.
1: This is better than nothing, so I really appreciate the uh, what everybody tried to do
11: across the country. Commemorations were small and often online. The Order of the White Rose awarded their now annual scholarship to a woman pursuing an engineering degree virtually this year. This year's recipient was a Cree woman from Alberta studying at Queen's University in Ontario.
8: And
7: I ask everyone to create space to think about, you know, the 14 women whose lives we lost in 1989.
11: Here in Montreal, a quiet wreath-laying ceremony was held in the morning, just steps from where the massacre unfolded that cold night in 1989. At noon, several speeches were made at a park across the street from the school.
5: These 14 women were killed because they're women, because they had dreams, because they dared to dream, to have careers and to make a difference in this world.
11: Besides the pandemic, there's another thing that has set the shooting's 31st anniversary apart from its past ones. As of earlier this year, it is no longer Canada's worst mass shooting event. That distinction now instead goes to April's shooting spree in rural Nova Scotia, which claimed 22 lives. But survivors say they want December 6, 1989 to be remembered not for its number of victims, but rather the reason they were targeted.
1: It will always be the worst feminicide. And I'm not in competition
2: with those kind of massacres, sorry.
11: It was the shock that women's lives were targeted simply for pursuing an education, that made that night so difficult to process then, and that hasn't changed 31 years later. Benson Cook, Global News, Montreal.
1: It's been weeks since Canada's hardest-hit provinces tightened up pandemic restrictions, but in Alberta, the infection rate is more than twice as high as Quebec and more than three times higher than in Ontario. As Abigail Beeman reports, there are calls for stricter measures, but some Albertans are pushing back against the ones already in place.
6: Alberta's health minister says his province is tracking COVID-19 rates carefully and measures currently in place, such as restrictions on social gatherings at home, were implemented based on evidence of community transmission.
9: We want to see our R rate come down below one. Uh, we haven't seen that yet at this time. And so it, it is the case that we might be imposing further measures. We're going to be reviewing that uh, data with our public health officials, though, uh, before December 15th.
6: The R-value, or reproduction number, refers to how many people one positive person will infect. Across the country, experts want it to be lower than one, meaning one person infects one other person. Alberta's government promised to make the current rate public by now, but hasn't done so since November 22nd. And while many are calling for tougher restrictions in the province... I just don't think we have more time to wait. I think this week we absolutely need strong
1: restrictive measures implemented.
6: This weekend, hundreds of people took to the streets in both Calgary and Edmonton to protest restrictions already in place. The freedom to work. A lot of people lost their business and freedom to mask is a choice. Premier Jason Kenney called the gathering irresponsible, tweeting that while yes, there are charter protected rights in Canada, there are also responsibilities as citizens. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Ottawa.
1: The first batches of COVID-19 vaccines have arrived in the UK. Britain is preparing to become the first country to roll out the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine this week. Staff at Croydon University Hospital unloaded the doses today before placing them in freezers on site. The vaccine must be stored at temperatures of minus 70 to minus 80 Celsius. The first doses are set to be administered in the UK on Tuesday, with priority given to the over 80s, frontline healthcare workers and care home staff and residents. Queen Elizabeth will be one of the first Britons to roll up her sleeve. The 94-year-old monarch and her 99-year-old husband, Prince Philip, are in line to be vaccinated early in the rollout, apparently not due to their, due to their age rather, and not due to their privileged status. The UK's Sunday Times reports the royal couple will make news of their inoculations public in an effort to counter the anti-vaccination movement. Masks and social distancing weren't required for President Trump's tightly packed rally in Georgia.
0: We're uh, fighting very hard for this state when you look at all of the corruption and all of the problems having to do with this election.
1: Trump touted more baseless claims about election fraud. He was in Georgia campaigning for two Republican candidates running in a Senate runoff race. The special election early next month is key for both parties, as it will decide who controls the Senate after Biden's inauguration.
0: We have a big senatorial race going on in Georgia, and we are watching Democrats very, very closely. And remember this, we had this massive race all over the country, so they could cheat in Georgia and people aren't really watching it like they should
1: and Donald Trump says his personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani has tested positive for COVID-19 he's the latest on a growing list of Trump associates who have contracted the virus it's not clear if Giuliani is experiencing any symptoms but at 76 years old he is considered to be at high risk everything looks different this holiday season and here's more proof Spain's Bilbao Museum of Sacred Art, that is, surprised visitors with special nativity scenes that included masks, disinfectant dispensers and toilet paper, among other things. The museum's director said they wanted to integrate our new pandemic habits uh, with the traditional nativity scene. Normally, Christmas is one of the busiest times of year for the museum, but with travel between provinces res- severely restricted and bars and restaurants closed, visitor numbers are said to be greatly reduced.
3: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: Now, one couple is helping folks feed their four-legged family members during these tough times. We'll have that story for you right after Yvonne's forecast. But first, on the flip side, Indian jewelers have set a Guinness World Record for the most diamonds on one ring. The blinged-up bauble has a total of 12,638 diamonds. The jewelers say all the diamonds are of the best quality. It took three years to design and create. The previous record set was a, a mere 7,800 diamonds. I don't know. I, I like the, the tastefulness of that <laughs> ring <laughs> somehow.
8: I don't think there's anyone who doesn't like it. Can diamonds you that as an umbrella? Are... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge, massive. Yeah, could have used an umbrella today. Ah, uh, Yes, we could, and you'll definitely need it. grab the rain gear, get out your wellies and your rain boots, because we are going to be tracking a significant amount of rain, especially for a few spots across the island, and we do have a few watches and warnings that are in effect. I'll show you those in just a moment. Right now, we're sitting at 9 out of the airport. We've got a southeasterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour, a few isolated showers popping up along the western edge of the island, but the bulk of the rain is going to start to push in, and we'll start to see that by tomorrow morning. A quick glance at some of the peak wind gusts. We have continued to see it, especially... Especially uh, near Port Hardy, even this afternoon, up to 54. These are gusts and our current winds right now with sustained winds for Powell River at 17. But there are gusts at 33 in Comox right now, gusting just over 40 kilometers per hour. Overnight tonight, we are going to look at a chance of showers Tomorrow morning, a heads up. The rain is going to pick up, develop, continue through the day and it'll be wet and windy for areas that are closer to the water and temperatures will be climbing up to 9 as they're high. This is a system that's bringing in the moisture across the province. We've got watches and warnings and a breakdown of what we're anticipating but there's the timeline, the moisture that is going to continue to move across the province, the target of it along the central coast and then moving its way in by tomorrow morning for the south coast. Metro Vancouver will see the wettest days for both Monday, Tuesday, so ahead up should start to ease off with a chance of showers on our Wednesday and that same system is going to push in towards the interior on Tuesday with higher elevations seeing a few wet flurries and late in the day Monday, Tuesday higher elevations if you're traveling along the mountain passes we could be tracking some snowfall. So the following warnings, the red, that's where we do have the winds anywhere between 50 and up to 90 kilometers per hour. Along the central coast they should start to ease off overnight. Rainfall warnings for the northern half of the province, the central coast up to 80 millimeters and the yellow, a special weather statement for the northern tip of Vancouver Island. By Tuesday, we could see upwards of 100 millimetres and then the western edge of the island with the higher amounts of over 150 millimetres and this is a a combination of numbers for Monday and Tuesday. So we'll see the higher amounts along the central coast and the western edge of the island. It'll be very wet and windy along the north coast for tomorrow. Much of the central interior, we are seeing that rain moving in. Most of the southern half of the province for the interior, the wettest weather will be on Tuesday and leading in towards it's Wednesday and along the south coast we've got the rain picking up for the morning hours, windy for areas that are closer to the water, anywhere between 25 and up to 50 millimetres. Tuesday a soggy one, a bit of a break on the way with a chance of showers on our Wednesday. A soggy one calling for the next few days. But that's, that's the one bright spot. Right. Bright. <laughs> bright. Just, just look at it. Just mm, not, the, just, it's not so heavy that raindrops.
1: Just sparkling. Oh, thanks <laughs> Yvonne. One of the sad facts of the pandemic is hunger. More people are relying on food banks these days, but there are some members of hungry families that are often overlooked due to no fault of their owners. So one couple decided to do something about
4: it. My husband and I recently lost our jobs. This letter says it all. I would like to thank you for helping us feed our fur babies. It was dropped off at the home of Jill and Kenneth Gonsalves by a family in a tough spot. I mean, it's nice, I guess,
5: to get recognized by people, but you hope that people come and use it because
4: they have to. The couple started this pet food pantry in their front yard farm stand. Instead of vegetables, though, varieties of kibbles.
7: We just tell people that they can take whatever they want, leave anything that they can.
4: Kenneth got the idea last week after seeing a man at a local store scraping together spare change to pay for cat food. And then I saw him counting out like a bunch of nickels and dimes and pennies. And then when I looked what he was purchasing, it was just one can of cat food. Kenneth wound up buying that man several cans, then thought. There's probably a lot of other people who can't afford one can of cat food. So he and Jill put a message out on Facebook asking where people in the area can get food for their pets free of charge. And basically the only answers that we could get was that occasionally at food pantries they sometimes have animal food if somebody donates it. So that's how we got here. (laughs) They stocked their farm stand with items they bought. And people have been dropping off everything from food to blankets.
7: If you need it every day, take it. If you need it once because this is a tough week, take it.
4: After all, it is the season of giving.
7: Thank you so very
4: much for your help. God bless and stay safe. In a kushnet. Well, I mean, that's why you do it, right? Nick Emmons, WBZ News. People
1: are basically good. I'm going to keep believing that.
4: <laughs> nice
9: to see.
1: Really nice to see. Barry, what have you got coming up?
9: Well, a bit of a dog, unfortunately, for the Seahawks. See oh, what they did there? They've <laughs> <laughs> been doing this for 30-some years. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Uh, we thought for sure. I mean, the Giants, come on. One of, the, one of the worst teams, at least one of the worst records in the league, but they've been playing well in the Seahawks. Maybe they took them lightly. Whatever the case, an unexpected loss. So we'll have highlights of that coming up.
1: The story of the now former Canucks anthem singer performing at an anti-mask rally has gone global due to a bit of confusion over who's who. Mark Donnelly, the singer, apparently doesn't have a Twitter account, but a British soccer writer with the same name does. And his feed lit up today. Paul Johnson has the story of this anti-masker mix-up. Oh,
0: Canada. It was apparently the anthem heard round the world. Provocative enough to get Mark Donnelly, the Canadian, fired from his gig singing O Canada at Canucks games. Now it's gone on to bring infamy to others who had nothing to do with protesting the government's response to COVID.
2: It's yeah, it was a bit strange. So I woke up Saturday morning here um, to see my phone kind of screen lighting up quite rapidly.
0: And what an eyeful it was. Among the tweets in this weekend's barrage were, if you keep this up, you're going to find yourself unemployable. Another fascist wishing death upon people and stick to your crazy conspiracy theory rallies. You get the picture.
2: Probably well over a thousand now um, across kind of the last 48 hours from tweets, from direct messages, everything. It's been, uh, yeah, a little bit strange.
0: So meet Mark Donnelly. The other Mark Donnelly, who had been living a quiet life in the north of England, writing about his local soccer team, and had never even heard of his controversial Canadian namesake.
2: A quick Google search confirmed that they were certainly meant for a a very different Mark Donnelly.
0: Very different indeed. The British Donnelly says he has no problem wearing a mask, and found himself fielding questions about some strange
2: cultural practices from across the Atlantic. Uh, whether I can ice skate or not being one. Uh, I've had far too many requests to sing Canada.
1: Oh
0: Canada. The whole episode confirms some things about online speech. The tendency to amplify obnoxious behavior and to compel people to pounce without having the facts. Though the British Donnelly isn't too bothered by it all.
2: I think just try and treat it as, as lightheartedly and as... Um, kind of as as jovial as you can i think you know you've got to have a bit of a, a sense of humor probably in this year more than any
0: paul johnson global news
3: support the salvation army christmas kettle campaign as you can imagine this year more canadians than ever need a helping hand Donate today to provide practical assistance to thousands of families and individuals who have met hard times. Fillthekettle.com for details. Do you know someone who has overcome adversity? Consider nominating them for the 23rd Courage to Come Back Awards. Every year, the awards pay tribute to those who have overcome overwhelming challenges and given back to the community. Nominate today. For our BC, I'm Michael Newman. Global BC, celebrating 60 years of broadcasting. Celebrating 60 years as BC's News.
1: Barry's here with sports, kicking things off with the guys in the bright green.
9: Mm, Yeah, this is is why people uh, don't like to bet big money on football games, because there are no sure things, Colleen. Uh, Just when it seemed like the Seahawks were rounding into playoff form, they got taken down to size today by the Giants. Seattle was a double-digit favorite to blow out the NFC East leaders, but New York's defense... Gave the Seahawks fits, and the Seahawks lost a game that could ultimately cost them a, a division title, but there's certainly time to recover. Russell Wilson, 31 touchdown passes going in, second in the NFL to Aaron Rodgers. Opening drive hits Tyler Lockett, who gets rocked, but Lockett hangs on. It led to a Seahawks field goal, and they led 3-0. Defenses dominated the first half, still 3-0 late. Seattle With the block in the end zone, DJ Dallas just has to fall on it for the touchdown, but he bumbles it, and even though Seattle recovered, the ball was out of bounds, so instead of a touchdown, it's a safety, two points instead of seven, five-nothing at the half. Third quarter, Giants finally get something going offensively. Wayne Gallman busts one acres of room down the sideline. This one goes for 60 yards. It led to a Giants touchdown. They got the two-point conversion, and they had the lead eight to five and then later in the quarter colt mccoy their backup quarterback the giants didn't even have their starter mccoy is a journeyman but he played decently as he will find alfred morris for his second td of the game 14 to 5 new york new york's defense gave wilson fits all day the zone defense plus the pressure and the secondary was excellent this one intercepted led to a field goal 17-5 giants Seattle perplexed. Seahawks finally got into the end zone late in the fourth. Wilson to Chris Carson, who will bowl his way in. Seahawks cut the lead to 17-12, and they did have a shot to get the win. They got the ball back with under two minutes to go, two timeouts at the 46 with a minute to go. But Leonard Williams sacks Wilson for the fifth time in the game. And the Hawks, with a costly loss, 17-12, they drop to 8-4. Give the Giants credit. They've won four straight to get to 5-7 and, and continue to lead the NFC East. Meanwhile, a huge NFC West battle in Phoenix. The 6-5 Cardinals against the 7-4 Rams. This game went back and forth. Kenny and Drake, with the four-yard touchdown run, brings the Cardinals to within a field goal early in the fourth quarter. But the Rams answer right back, and it's Daryl Henderson who finds... A gaping hole on the trap play there. It's a 38-yard touchdown romp untouched into the end zone. Rams back in front by 10, 31-21. Kyler Murray trying to bring the cards back, but his pass... Picked off by Troy Hill. Takes it all the way back. 35-yard pick six. Rams knock off Arizona 38-28. So the Rams now 8-4 and four, lead the West. Seahawks have dropped to fifth in the conference. Rams own the tiebreaker because of their head-to-head win over Seattle. NFC uh, leading Saints trying to stay on top. Visiting the Falcons. Drew Brees still out with the broken ribs. Tafes and Hill starts again. He's yet to lose his three starts as a quarterback. Finally had a couple of TD passes today. That one to Jared Cook. 14-9 Saints at the half. It was a tight game, but the Saints did just enough. Alvin Kamara with the 11-yard touchdown run in New Orleans goes to 10-2 and after the 21-16 win. Saints' first team to clinch a playoff spot in the NFL. Packers and Eagles. Green Bay still alive to win the top seed in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers with the pass here to Devontae Adams who will bull his way in for the touchdown, and that is Aaron Rodgers' third TD pass of the game and the 400th of his career. The fastest player to ever get to 400. He does it in just 193 games. Eagles kept it close, but the Pack put it away thanks to an inspirational run by Aaron Jones. Absolutely refuses to go down. The Eagles had four or five cracks at him, but he takes it all the way. 77-yard touchdown. Packers win 30-16. They're 9-3 and now second in the end fc one game back of the saints baker mayfield and the browns at eight and three taking on the tennessee titans also eight and three the browns making a huge statement today that they are for real already up 10 nothing third and goal mayfield hits big O lineman kendall lamb on the tackle eligible 17 nothing browns they weren't done yet they answer a titans touchdown with the 75 yard bomb from mayfield to Donovan Peoples Jones Cleveland leads 24-7. The Browns had a record-setting first half as Mayfield gets his fourth TD pass of the half, perfect delivery to Richard Higgins. Browns put up a franchise record 38 first half points cruise to the 41-35-1 win. It wasn't that close. Titans got a couple of late TDs so the Browns go to 9 and 3. Seahawks get the New York Jets next week. Jets on the verge of their first win of the season against the Raiders today. Led by four in the final seconds, but in typical Jets fashion, they blow it. How does Henry Ruggs get that wide open when the Jets know the Raiders have to go for the end zone? Derek Carter rugs Ruggs for the 46-yard touchdown. Raiders win 31-28, and the hapless Jets drop to 0 and 12. Second of back-to-back races in Formula One in Bahrain, the Sakhir Grand Prix. Mercedes should have won this race, especially young George Russell, who overtook Valtteri Bottas for the lead on the opening lap. He was leading the race with 25 to go, but disaster strikes in the pits. Mercedes going with a double stack pit stop. Look at the confusion, tires everywhere. They end up mixing up uh, Russell's tires. They lost over 30 seconds in the pits. Taking full advantage was the Racing Point team. Mexico's Sergio Perez goes from last place to first, takes the checkered flag for the first time in his 10-year career. Teammate Lance Stroll of Montreal was third, second podium of the season for Lance, third of his F1 career as Racing Point shows serious signs of life after Stroll's dad bought the team in and- pumped in much-needed finances into that, so they will not forget this day. English Premiership, Liverpool hosting Wolves, the fans back at Anfield. 24th minute, Mo Salah bringing down the long ball from Jordan Henderson and then finishing like Mo Salah can, 1-0 Reds. And they would add to the lead as Salah will provide the service and Joel Matip will head it in. 4-0 the final. Spurs also won, so Tottenham and Liverpool both with 24 points, but Spurs do have the edge in goal differential. MLS playoffs, Eastern Conference final from Columbus. The crew taking on New England Revolution, just one goal in this match. It's a pretty one from Columbus. It's the Brazilian Artur with the final touch finds the corner, and Columbus finds itself in next week's MLS Cup. The West Final goes tomorrow in Seattle between the Sounders and Minnesota. And we'll finish Dash
10: over there with golf.
9: Beautiful day in Mexico, Playa del Carmen, the Mayacoba Classic. Aaron Wise had the low round of the day, 8-under 63. This birdie at the 15th gives him a one-shot lead. He would post 19-under, but Norway's Victor Hovland played his college golf in the U.S., Part of that wave of very good young players who came out ready to win right out of college. Hovland for the birdie, and the win at 18 gets it. It's his second tour win of 2020. He's just 23 years old. Canadian Corey Connors finished tied for 17th, seven shots behind the winner. That's it for sports.
1: All right. For many people in Vancouver, it's the place where the Christmas season has kicked off for many, many years. Mario Amisano and his family have been selling Christmas trees at 8th and Arbutus for more than six decades. But as Jennifer Palmer reports, that's all about to change. These are the nobles, these are all nobles here. For more than 60 years, smiles and memories have been a key component of this Christmas tree lot, and traditions seem more important this year.
3: Yeah, it's kind of an unusual year, but this is, it's nice to have a few kind of traditions that, that you can maintain. So this-
4: Very happy, yeah, got my Charlie Brown Christmas tree.
11: Did it take you long to find it? Not too hard, no, not too long. I was looking for a little one, for a small space, easier to decorate in this crazy year.
10: Look how beautiful they are. Those are the best alpines you can find.
1: Mario Amazano's family has been selling Christmas trees for decades. A labor of love his family has brought back every holiday season since
7: 1959.
10: Yeah, we started at Broadway and Alma beside the Chevron station in front of an old house my aunt owned. And uh, it's been something that we do every year because it's, it's just fun and it makes Christmas feel like Christmas. They gradually groomed me to, to do it and I've, I've groomed my son and of course... The whole family does it.
1: The lot has moved around, but has always stayed in the Kitsilano area. Now it's being asked to make way for the Broadway Subway project, but what isn't moving is the spirit of community.
10: And I'm just so thankful uh, for all the blessings to have people come every year that look forward to it, even from afar. When they moved away from this area, they'll still come from wherever they moved to just have their Christmas tree from us.
1: Every year, for probably the last 15
7: years, we've come and we pick our tree and we walk home with it with our dolly.
1: Tradition, rain, snow, whatever. Amisano says the city is helping to locate a new spot in the area so families can continue to fill their homes with memories.
9: Thank you. Thank Merry, you. Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer Palma, Global News. <laughs> well, We'll have to find out where they're going to relocate so we can let you know where they are for next year.
8: Uh, do you guys have your trees up? No, our it's our tree
9: has been up for a while. Has it oh, we start early, so yes, it's been up.
8: Yvonne, no? No, nope, not yet. Colleen, it's usually the last minute for me. I, I got mine up last week. <laughs> okay, so. good. Yeah, yeah, good. All, all in good shape. <laughs>
1: uh, that is the news hour for tonight. We want to thank you for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11 o'clock for you. Stay with us now for 60 minutes. Have a great night.